Welcome to NoSpinHomilies.com. I invite you to join me to reflect upon the homilies of Father Dan. Father Dan will challenge us to open our heart, mind, and soul to the Word of God. Father Dan will draw upon sacred scripture along with art, literature, and the lives of the saints to help us grow in our love and knowledge of the scripture. In doing so, we can become the living Word of God in this world. Now it is my pleasure to present to you No Spin Homilies. From time to time, I'm sure many of us ask the question, am I following God's will? Do I truly know God's will for me? Am I on the path of discipleship? Well, the answer can be found in the first reading from the book of the prophet Samuel. We hear the call of Samuel into ministry. Now, I think this scripture passage teaches us a great lesson about how to know God's will for each and every one of us, and then how to act upon it. Now, if you look throughout sacred scripture, when God calls people into ministry, he doesn't so do it from afar, but instead he enters people's lives, and then the people come to know who God is, as well as God's will for them. I'll give you some examples. Look at Moses. He confronts God on top of Mount Sinai, in the form of a burning bush. But in doing so, God speaks to Moses and he tells Moses God's will for him. Isaiah. Isaiah is praying in the temple and suddenly an angel appears to Isaiah and the angel tells Isaiah God's will for him. How about Paul? We all know his story on the road to Damascus, struck down. He meets the last person that he ever thought he would meet, Jesus Christ himself. And it's Jesus that tells Paul God's will for him. Therefore, the first step in knowing God's will for each and every one of us and acting upon it is to know and trust in the fact that our God is an active God that actively pursues us. Our God is a God that approaches us pursues us so that we can know him and serve him. What's the key? What must we do? Allow yourself to be caught. Caught by God. Now notice how the first reading begins. It says, Samuel was sleeping in the temple of the Lord, where the Ark of the Covenant of God was. Now upon hearing that, you say, well, that's bizarre. He's sleeping in the temple? It would be like you or I sleeping in the church right next to the tabernacle. But what we have to realize is Eli is the high priest. And it was a common practice for the high priest to offer evening prayer and then reside within the temple in order to offer morning prayer at the very beginning or the dawn of the day. And so Eli is that high priest and he is sleeping in the temple awaiting to offer morning prayer at dawn. Samuel is his attendant or his assistant. And so they are both sleeping in the temple. But take it to a spiritual level. It's a basic biblical truth. When you see people sleeping in the Bible, that's not good. It's not good at all. Go to the story of the agony in the garden with Jesus. This is Jesus Christ's greatest moment of sorrow 
when he needed the apostles' prayerful support. And yet, where were Peter, James, and John? Sound asleep. Jesus is on the cusp of doing something that would change the world forever. But the apostles aren't able to see the spiritual reality to that because they are asleep. Well, the same thing holds true with Samuel. He is asleep. But notice also, too, he's in the temple where the Ark of the Covenant was. The Israelites believed the Ark of the Covenant was the presence of God. So Samuel, like the apostles in the garden, isn't awakened to the spiritual presence of God in his midst. The second lesson that we can take in order for us to truly know the will of God, we have to remain awake. Now, how often we are awake to many things in our life, awake to our careers, entertainment, pleasure, awake to culture, fame, fortune, honor, power. And yet, sometimes we're asleep to the reality of the presence of God in our life. What do we have to do? We have to stay awake. How do we do that? Through an active prayer life. Pray every day. As Paul once said in Galatians, pray unceasingly. Our day should be one that is met with prayer from the very beginning until the end. What else? An act of sacramental life. Come to Mass every weekend. Engage confession. Those are all ways in which we remain alert to the presence of God in our life. Now next in the story, God calls Samuel. But Samuel makes the mistake. He thinks it's Eli that's calling him. The third lesson that we can take to know God's will, we have to prayerfully discern all the voices in our life. And we have to separate God's voice from all the others. And there are many voices in our lives. Voices of the media, culture, society, whatever it may be, they're all calling out to us, wanting us to follow them. It reminds me of the great story of Peter, and it's called Quo Vetus. Quo Vetus is Latin for, where are you going? Peter was in Rome and was at the height of the persecutions. Peter's disciples found out that the Roman soldiers had hatched a plot to arrest Peter and ultimately execute him. Well, Peter's disciples came to Peter and they confronted him and they told him, leave Rome and save your life. Well, Peter listened to them. Now, as he was leaving the gates of Rome, he saw a person from the distance coming towards him, but he couldn't make it out. As that person got closer and closer to him, Peter saw it was Jesus Christ himself. Well, Peter went up to him and said, my Lord, where are you going? Quo Vedas. Jesus said to him, I'm going into Rome to be crucified again. Well, those words resonated deep within Peter, and he summoned the courage to turn around and say to Jesus, My Lord, I will follow you. And so they walked back into Rome. And as they entered the city gates, Jesus immediately ascended back into heaven. It was then that Peter realized the words that Jesus spoke to him were prophetic. They prophesied Peter's own death and his martyrdom. Peter then recognized the mistake he made. He listened to his disciples who told him, leave Rome and save your life, rather than listening to God, who was telling him to stay here and give your life for me. Well, sometimes it's very easy for us to fall into that trap of listening to other voices. 
and then acting upon them. Again, those voices come in many different forms. Fame, fortune, honor, the media, our culture. They tell us what to value, how to live our lives. Like Peter, we can be distracted by those voices. What do we have to do? Through prayer, through Mass, the sacraments, we discern and we know God's voice and we follow it. Next in the story, it said, Eli understood that the Lord was calling the youth. He said to Samuel, Go to sleep, and if you are called, reply. Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. The fourth step or lesson that we can use from the story to understand God's will for us is that we need help. We need help to distinguish God's voice. Sometimes God's call is difficult for us to distinguish. It was for Samuel. God called him three times. He needed help. He needed the help of Eli. Eli understood. Well, like Samuel, we need the help of people. People that will know God's voice. We need an Eli in our life. We need holy people that will help us to distinguish God's voice from all the others so that we know God's will for us. And why not? Think about it. Players need a coach. Students need a teacher. Well, we need good, holy people in our lives to recognize God's voice. And maybe we know those people. They're in our parish. Maybe nuns or catechists, priests. Maybe they are our godparents, our neighbors, our friends. Either way, they are holy people that help us to understand God's voice and to do God's will. The end of the story. Samuel knows it's God calling him, and he says, Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. The fifth and final step to know God's will in our life is to recognize that God's call is always personal. It's always an invitation to enter into intimacy with God. God calls us by name. God is not some figure far off in a distant galaxy. No, Instead, when he calls us, he enters into our life. That's why it's so deeply personal. Reminds me of the call of Jeremiah to become a prophet. God says to Jeremiah, Before I even created you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were even born, I dedicated you, a prophet to all the nations. God calls us by name, just like he did Mary. He calls us, and it's both personal and intimate. One last thing to think about. Samuel, he accepts God's will and he becomes a prophet. In fact, he becomes one of the most powerful prophets in all of Israel history. He experienced joys, yes, but he also experienced a lot of sorrows and challenges. Well, the same thing holds true for us. Following Jesus Christ is not going to be easy. Living out our faith each and every day of our life is not going to be easy. It may be filled with sorrows and challenges. Jesus never promised that living out our faith was going to be easy. But what did he promise us? I will be with you until the end of time. And with that promise, we, just like Samuel, can say to God, Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. And may the grace and the peace of Jesus Christ rest upon you always.